All right, we are back after a one-week hiatus here on the Football Lounge with Mark and Dan to uh, wrap up our divisional previews for this upcoming season, and this will soon follow uh, with our playoff predictions episode going to drop tomorrow on Wednesday. So uh, if you're listening now on a Tuesday, we will have that for you tomorrow uh, ahead of Thursday night's season opener, the Chiefs versus the Lions. And Mark, we just had some news break uh, two minutes before we started this recording that Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee in practice, and now his uh, status for the game is in doubt. But obviously there's you know, good news uh, to that in the fact that he hasn't already been ruled out, meaning this clearly isn't super serious. Would, yeah. But, uh, but would be a hindrance to the Chiefs nonetheless to start the season off uh, against the Lions without their number one receiver. Yeah, you think uh, this Lions offense is going to score points, and I think that the yeah. uh, I think the Chiefs have to score with them. And so, I, listen, Travis Kelsey is the is the key that makes that engine run, especially because there are no big name wide receivers on that Chiefs offense. So, uh, bad news for Kelsey, bad news for Chiefs fans to start the season. But the good news, the silver lining is, like you said, doesn't look like it's anything serious, serious, and that is huge. Well, and if you play fantasy football and, you know, allow me to plug uh, the uh, For Fantasy Sake podcast here on the Four Frequencies oh, yeah. Podcast Network, of course. Uh, yeah, if you took Travis Kelsey, you most likely uh, didn't take a backup tight end or at least one that you were planning to no. start week Hit one. the waiver wire. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to you're going to have to be on your toes for this week, folks. So make sure you get those lineups set. But I don't want to bury the lead anymore. We have a special guest joining us for the AFC NFC North preview show. Of course, Mark. Uh, a diehard Chicago Bears fan, myself, a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan, both in the AFC and NFC North, respectively there. But we are joined by a familiar name, but not a familiar face to the show. It's another Hespin, but this time it is Phil Hespin. Phil, welcome to the Football Lounge with Mark and Dan. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I, uh... College, you ba- you buried the lead college football star. College football former, star, of course. <laughs> as, uh, yes. No, 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 no. Long, long time ago. The Drake, Drake Bulldogs, Drake Bulldogs could have used him on the defensive line this weekend. They got what was it, fifty-five to seven against North Dakota? So, something like that. I stopped at about. <laughs> I, I stopped at forty-two to three. I think it was. Oh no! And yet, hey, you know, I've been there. I think we lost South Dakota my junior year. Or something that was like fifty-nil, and it was just gut. <sighs> that's but that's what I tell people all the time as an athlete, like. I would rather lose a blowout game than a close game. It's a weird take. It might be a weird But I would rather lose a close – I mean, a a blowout game because then it's just like you don't belong there. You didn't belong. We just didn't show up today. But a close game, it's like – because we almost beat North Dakota my – I want to say my junior – maybe my – yeah, my junior year. It was 21-16. And the game was just like a nail-biter back and forth. And And you get so like we're going to do this. Like we're about to beat – the number you know twenty team in the nation, and it just gets swept up from under. Crazy yeah. cool stadium, awesome experience. So that that one that's a that's a really cool environment up there in in Fargo. So for sure, yeah, and you know, forgive me for not updating your name until just now. Of course, I had to. Yeah, my teammates will get a kick out of that. Yeah, they'll get a kick out of that. <laughs> throw the title in there. Yeah. No question. Wow. Um, I did want to. Start yeah, obviously, with... you All you guys right. the Hespins grew up. All diehard Chicago Bears fans, so I imagine you're, you know, you're dialed in, ready for this one. Oh, good God, yeah. I mean, I love starting the week off um, just right against Green Bay. With I'm hoping we don't just see this like 
immaculate Jordan Love, and it'll just break my heart. <laughs> but, no, I'm really excited. The year is going to be amazing. The defense is revamped. Their offensive line is amazing, I think. Uh, I think Braxton Jones and um, Wright are two of the best tackles that are, like, untalked about in football. I think Braxton Jones was one of these weird picks, but um, really, really long um, plays really, really low, keeps his hands inside. So I, I, I love watching Braxton Jones play. So, and Justin Fields, it's like, it could just be one of those years where you're just like, wow, who is this kid? His numbers weren't far from some of the Jalen Hurts things we were seeing at this time, you know, even yep. for him. So it's very exciting, but I think, Hey Dan, you have an exciting team over there in Pittsburgh too. As we'll talk. I'm about. looking forward to it. Absolutely. This has been, we, Kenny Pickett gets a little bit of a, a shaft sometimes, but I think he's, he's got some talent around him this year too. So. Yeah. You know, it was a rough quarterback class, that entire, you know, uh, rookie class there last year. And so I think part of that for sure was like, uh, you know, Oh, well, Kenny Pickett, you know, the fact that he was the first one to go and the only one in the first round, uh, you know, he, he they might have just picked the the best of the worst but yeah he might actually just be very good like he, yeah. he might be really good um I maybe did. not a superstar but he'll be good enough i think to win a lot of games for this team i did want to start to really quick by acknowledging we'll air the grievances like the um costanzas do and um <laughs> i just want to say there is no shot you're catching a ball on sauce gardener there's just no way <laughs> <laughs> Your best yes, bet exactly. is throwing a football up and a hail mary to Tyreek Hill. I'm I just disagree. The, the 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 sheer fire in Sauce Gardner's belly when he hears <laughs> Joe Schmo, Joe Schmo, it's six five. I can body him. I can body him. <laughs> I just sheer believe. fire in his in his belly. He's not even letting you off the line. You're going to be just shocked at how much like a you know 330 pound squat will just stick you at the line. So it's oh like, god. I just have to air that grievance. All right, I'm blocking Micah Parsons then. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you count a cut block, that's what I said. If you can cut block, that's the only way you're blocking Micah Parsons. Oh, that's too good. But, yeah, we had to to air that grievance for sure. For sure. Yeah, I'm glad we got that out of the way early to start this one. And and anyone listening or watching, absolutely go check out that episode. It's a short one, quick one. But the NFL put out those – those questions as to which uh, you'd be for money to do for, for a monetary prize. And yeah, Mark, Mark chose catching a ball on sauce Gardner. Yeah. But good luck with that one. <laughs> Phil and I are in agreement, throwing a, throwing a go ball. That, that's going to be the, the way to go there. Yeah. Work, yeah. work on those cuts, Mark. Those, yeah. Gonna, you know, maybe get yeah. some artificial I mean, knees. In, in the I know, way. I know in fourth grade, I was Mr. Arm and you were Mr. Hands or whatever it was. <laughs> that might sound weird in most social circles, but it was all about catching, you know, footballs but like let's be real here this guy's not letting you off the line yeah yeah i would leave i'd leave with no money that's fair that's all right an experience and no money none of them i'd make any money doing them all so yeah Yeah. we are looking forward to this one uh phil because you know obviously with the uh allegiances that we have here on the show uh we had to save the north for for last year so yeah really looking forward to this one and glad you can join us uh for this so uh, Mark, if you, you know, as, as, uh, we have established here on the show, we can kind of let you go off and running and, uh, let's, uh, we'll do the AFC since you guys are both, uh, you know, NFC North guys, uh, we'll, yeah. we'll save the best for last there, but let's go with the AFC North. I'm curious to see what, uh, your projections here are. And again, we're not doing records. We're just mm-hmm. doing, uh, division standings Order. and we will have the records and playoff predictions coming up tomorrow. But yeah, Mark, take it away. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'll get it going. I like the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC North to win it all. Joe Burrow, it, you know, the, people keep making a, a big bunch of like, oh, he, mi he missed all camp. He missed all camp last year with the appendectomy. He missed all camp the yeah, year the before. The guy hasn't really gotten anything. Never had camp besides his rookie <laughs> yeah. year. And so yeah. I don't, that doesn't bother me. Um, listen, when it comes down to it with the A with Joe Burrow, I'm just at the point where I'm starting to get like Patrick Mahomes. Where I'm like, I'm just not counting out Joe Burrow until I really see it. And I think there are some, there are some real shots at the, at the throne of the Bengals. I don't, I don't see, um, the, this being an easy walk to the division at all. I think this division is going to be brutal. I think there's going to be a ton of movement across this division, uh, throughout the throughout the year, but I, I like the Bengals. Part of the reason I like the Bengals is they have a they have a a point in their schedule where I think they can stack some wins, and I really do think that they have um, a, a opportunities to put their foot down and get some real momentum. I, I you know I like the I like the fact that they start off uh, early in the season uh, home against Baltimore, home against the Rams. I really love the fact that then they can go almost like they have a chance an early buy. I don't love the early buy week seven, but by the bye week, they could be ease very well be five and two or six and one uh, with at Tennessee at Arizona home against Seattle. I love that. They don't have to go to Seattle to get Seattle at home post buy at San Francisco and then home against Buffalo. That is a really tough stretch. But again, I think they'll be, even if they lose both those games, Still a couple games above 500 because the easy part of the first part of the schedule. Um, then they can get right against Houston, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, divisional games uh, at Jacksonville's tough, but you get a bounce back of then Indy, Minnesota, Pittsburgh again. And then I think, you know, all eyes are on that end of the year matchup at Kansas City. I don't think, I don't think record wise, Cincinnati will be in the fight for that one seed like they've been in the past. But listen, they, a year ago, as the season ended for Cincinnati last year, we were all talking about how, oh my God, how are they going to keep T. Higgins? How are they going to, like, they kept them all. They, their offensive line has improved. They kept their weapons. Uh, they got Joe Mixon back out of contract reduction because of his legal issues. I think Joe Mixon's going to be a very motivated player going into this year. And defensively, with Hubbard and that pass rush, it's still very, very good. Um, I don't have, when I look at, the Bengals, I don't have question marks about them. I still have some question marks about the Ravens, the Steelers, the Browns. I don't really have question marks about the Bengals. So I'm going to rely on that and Joe Burrow. I'll put them at the at, at the top of the division. Um, second in the division, the Ravens. I know this is this is where Dan is going to look at me and because this is where we'll disagree. But the wide receiver core for the Ravens was a huge issue, and now it's not. Uh, Flowers has looked really good in the preseason. Obviously, bringing in Odell Beckham Jr., Mark Andrews, the tight end. It's a really great group of weapons. Solid offensive line. Love Harbaugh, the coach. And defensively, they are uh, still loaded at the linebacker spot with Queen and with Roquan Smith. So they'll be able to play physical, fast defense like they always do. Now, listen, I, I still have questions about how Lamar is going to bounce back. We haven't really seen Lamar, Lamar Jackson in a year and a half. I uh, really took the end of the year off last year. We kind of realized now he basically did just punt on the season once he got the injury because he's not, he didn't get the long-term money, but Lamar feels like the type of football player that now that he secured the bag, he's rebat like all in, like he's a hundred percent all back in. And I, and I think that's a good thing for the Ravens. The Ravens do. 
out of conference, they get some breaks. They get Tennessee at home. They get Detroit at home. They get Seattle at home. So the non-conference home games, they get the Rams at home. They do have to go to San Francisco late in the year. They have to go to Jacksonville late in the year. That's brutal. But then even at the end of the season, they get Miami and Pittsburgh at home. So some scheduling breaks for their out-of-conference games I also think will lead to the Ravens being able to stack some wins at an important time. Right on their heels, and I think this is going to be a battle. I think there's going to be moments where the Steelers are number one in the division, uh, but I think their late-season schedule is really tough. And again, Kenny Pickett, I, a lot of question marks for Kenny Pickett. He's got weapons. Pickens looks great. Um, obviously, um, uh, offensively, uh, Najee Harris. Uh, I really like the Pittsburgh Steelers' offensive line. I think defensively, we know with Cam Hayward and TJ Watt, when they're healthy, they're difference makers. That that defense is is fantastic. But really tough start of the year. San Francisco, Cleveland, uh, and then the Raiders and Houston. Houston on the road is is certainly tougher, and then uh, the Ra- Raiders on the road certainly tougher. Uh, Baltimore, and then a really early buy. I don't love an early buy for a young team and a young quarterback. Uh, when they get off that buy, it's a tough schedule. Uh, they have the Rams, they have Jacksonville, Tennessee, uh, Green Bay, and then at the very end of the year, home against New England. The lucky, the lucky draw at the end of the year is at Indianapolis, but I think Indianapolis will be better by the end of the year than they are early in the year. Home against Cincinnati, and then at Seattle, at Baltimore late in the year. That's a really tough way to end it. Four of your last five games are New England, Cincinnati, then at Seattle, at Baltimore. I think they can stack wins early. I think they can will look uh, uh, very improved. I think they will be above 500. I think they will be battling for the playoffs, as we'll talk about in tomorrow's show. But I think it's just a really tough schedule late in the year. And I have more questions about the Steelers and their quarterback play than I do the MVP and Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. So that is my thought process on that. And finally, Cleveland. Tell me why I should like the Cleveland Browns. Their wide receiver core is very average. Amari Cooper is an old 28. It's crazy that he's 28, but he's like an old 28. He's a, he relies more on his route running than his just pure athleticism, high-pointing the ball. Njoku is always underwhelmed at the tight end position. Now I'm starting to supposed to just believe he's going to have a pop year. Um, we saw a lot of Deshaun Watson last year. He played a lot of football at the end of the year, and none of it looked like you wanted to see from the Deshaun Watson, the $250 million man. Um, and again, not a lot of scheduling breaks. Out of conference, I mean, they ha- they start the season. Listen to this start of the season. Cincy, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Baltimore, bye week. Brutal. I mean, that is not great. And then after the bye, San Francisco. So Cleveland could be one in four. I mean, they'd be lucky if they're two and four, you know, by the time they're done with their bye week. And that is not a great thing for them. And then they still have to go to Seattle. They have to go um, to Denver. They have to go to the Los Angeles Rams. And then at the very end of the year, the Browns, while they're battling for playoffs, are going to have to take a, a games against Jacksonville, Chicago, the Jets, and the Bengals. That's four of their last five. I don't love it. And I think offensive line is still solid. Betonio, the guard play is good. Don't trust the tackles. Beyond Miles Garrett, I, I, there's not a lot of star power on the defense for an offensive head coach. So I have Cleveland in fourth place in that division, a good fourth place team. 
But I don't think they're as good as Pittsburgh. I don't think they're as good as uh, the Ravens. I don't think they're as good as the Bengals. So are they going to go, you know, can they split against Pittsburgh? Hopefully. I don't think they split against Baltimore. I don't think they split against Cincinnati. So what, they're one in four, one in five in division. With that out-of-conference schedule, I think it's really tough for them to find their way into the playoffs in the very tough AFC. So there you go. That's my AFC. I got the uh, uh, North. Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, Browns. Love the Steelers, love the Ravens, love the Bengals. Just not sure yet of how they're all going to find their way into the playoffs. We'll we'll talk about that tomorrow. Fair enough. I mean, it's going to be always difficult to project AFC uh, playoff rankings. At least it has been the last like three or four years because it's such a loaded conference. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I do agree with a lot of what you said there. So we're not going to have too much disagreement. But of course, we we will have some disagreement when it comes to my Pittsburgh Steelers. So yeah. Uh, I'll kick off my predictions, and I'd love to then toss it to to Phil to get his thoughts on on both of our uh, analysis here on on this AFC North division. So for me, I do have the Bengals winning it, uh, just because it's Joe Burrow, and uh, this is a team that has already proven that they can get to the Super Bowl. Not much has changed. They've, if anything, gotten a little bit better. I don't necessarily agree that there's no question marks. I mean, I still have questions about this defense overall. Uh, they they can uh, rush the passer well, which is the you know primary thing you need in a good defensive unit. But uh, you know I do you know worry about their secondary a little bit and their linebacker play um, hasn't always been you know up to par with uh, maybe their contemporaries, even the contemporaries in the division. So uh, you know that's those are the only real question marks I have. But the point is well taken that it's still the Cincinnati Bengals and the fact that they can put up thirty five points a game at at any given. Uh, point throughout the season is enough to to say yeah this is going to be another elite unit and and an elite group overall Um, not to mention I think you know Zach Taylor might be the least talked about head coach in the league and yet you know I I know that most of their success is due to Joe Burrow that's not lost on any of us here on the show but hey I mean you got to get the guys there too right and uh, you know Zach Taylor has has produced winning teams now uh, the last few seasons so I, yeah, I think they're they're all in a good place as a franchise. Uh, that's something that we haven't been able to say for a while. And so they're going to be afforded the leg up on the division until they can prove otherwise uh, that they're not deserving of it or until another team steps up. Hopefully, in my case, this is the Pittsburgh Steelers doing that. Uh, but I don't en- envision that happening this year. Uh, they may be one or two years late to the party. Uh, the Steelers are second in my view, though. And uh, part of this is, uh, yeah, it is a brutal ending to the season. There's no question about it. But I, I trust and use Warren Sharp's, uh, you know, uh, strength of schedule rankings because uh, yeah. there's a lot of work into it, and and I buy into it. And when we look at the AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers have the seventh easiest schedule in the entire league. That's followed by in in the division, seventeenth uh, for the Ravens, nineteenth for the Browns, and I need to figure out where the Bengals were, but they were in the twenties. So the Steelers have. Uh, a leg up already when it comes to the schedule for this group and, you know, playing teams like the 49ers getting a break to play them at home for the season opener. You know, there, there's some breaks that can fall your way uh, when, when you have schedules that play out the way they do uh, in this instance. So uh, I, I like the Steelers start to the schedule here. I think they could very well go four and zero heading into that Ravens week. And, um, you know, probably going to split with most of the teams in the division, if not all of them, because that's just the nature of, of this unit. But when I think about it, this team went nine and eight last year. They also went nine and uh, seven with Mason Rudolph and duck Hodges leading the team. 
uh, back in 2019 with no Ben Roethlisberger. I just have no reason to believe that this team got worse by any metric and only got significantly improved in certain areas of need, mainly linebacker, but their offensive line is completely revamped. Uh, they got a, a fantastic draft under their belt now from this past season. And so with all of these additions paired with the constant maturation of Kenny Pickett at the quarterback spot leads me to think that there's no question that they could be one or two wins better at a minimum than they were just a year ago. And we saw that progression from Kenny Pickett all throughout the season. It wasn't like he just caught lightning in a bottle for a couple games. No, the final seven games of the year, he threw one pick, you know, and so it was a little bit of a rough start. Uh, but as he settled in, he got better and better, leading fourth quarter comeback drives, setting rookie records for fourth quarter comebacks. Uh, all of this is, you know, a, a good recipe for success, uh, you know, and so all of those things combined with the seventh easiest schedule to me gets them to push the Bengals for the division, but ultimately land in a close second. And then the Baltimore Ravens pretty much right behind them as well. I think this division is going to be one of the closest in the entire league. Uh, it's been getting better and better over the last few seasons. I think the Browns will be better overall as a unit. But yeah, I, I kind of agree with a lot of the points you made, Mark, and just that. Uh, I'm going to believe it when I see it from this group, especially with Deshaun Watson. We've had a lot of question marks about what he was going to be like after leaving uh, Houston yeah. and having that year and a half gap of no play. Uh, I still think, yes, it was a, a larger sample size than maybe some are given, but I still think we've overall seen seen a small sample of him in the Browns offense is he's had a full off season now healthy to acclimate himself to this offense and get um, up to speed with uh, the chemistry and everything with the teammates. So I too think they will be a little bit better overall. I think they're a team that's got a few flashy names on it, but when you break it down to the studs, you realize, okay, the foundation still needs some work here. And uh, you know, that their depth in general just uh, is something that uh, you get concerned about. I mean, they're, they're one, or two injuries away from just being a, an awful team, you know, like the Packers had been, uh, you know, during the, the Rogers years in the late 2010s, uh, they were one Rogers injury away from probably being the worst team in the NFL. So uh, all of those uh, pieces put together, make it a close race. Uh, but the Browns just uh, haven't done enough here to, to get into third or even, you know, sniff second place yet. So, Bengals, Steelers, Ravens, Browns are my predictions there. So the only difference we have are two and three being flipped. Phil, any thoughts on this? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, my, like, my picks change, like, regularly with this, with this group. I think both AFC and NFC-wise, like, these are really tough divisions. I'm glad we didn't do records because I think that would have been, that was, like, even more difficult. Like, okay, what if yeah. They're like all within seven to 10 and 11 and six. Like I could see that happening and I could see any, and, and that's the crazy thing is thinking about, I could see, we were talking about Deshaun Watson MVP, like not too long ago. Like this guy is, yeah. like, he is an absolute stud. You see some of the balls he can put on um, their defense, pretty filled with some studs. Like I like looking at both offense and defensive line. And you talk about like miles Garrett, Zedaria Smith. He's not a, slap. Oh yeah, Zedaria Smith. Is, that that front seven for the Browns is kind of it's pretty good, and um, I wouldn't say it's as good as the Steelers. So that's where again, like, there's a little bit of question mark there. But their back end, you talk about Newsom from Northwestern, he's an absolute stud. Um, so there were some other guys there on their depth chart that I just you look at, and you're like, how do you? And Nick Chubb, I mean, we talk about Nick Chubb is one of the most underrated running backs in the league. 
And yeah. uh, it might be the best pound for pound running back in the entire. I think league. he thinks that, and that's the kind of running back I always like too. So it is hard though. I still, I still put. I'll start from the ground up. I still put the the Browns at four, um, but I could see them randomly being number two in that division and going to the playoffs and maybe upsetting some teams and being like, "Do we really just lose to the Browns in the first round?" And then we lo- and the Browns lose in the second round because they're the Browns. So um, that's who I have at uh, at four. The other things that I agree with, it's hard with the Steelers to me too. Even if Kenny maybe gets injured because their line is kind of suspect or something happens, he's kind of, he's a smaller guy. But I look at him just like how they looked at Jared Goff, the small hands and like all this kind of stuff. I don't really take a lot of that into account. They have a ton of weapons for him, I think. Fryermuth yeah. is an underrated tight end. Fryermuth, yeah. Those, he's one of those guys that in fantasy I was just like, please let me get him in like the sixth, seventh round. But he, you know, he didn't end up going to me. We talk about Allen Robinson, who I think is one of the most underrated wide receivers in football. He has a little soft spot for me, too. So I think he can always make that jump back. And then you talk about if something happens to Kenny, Mitch Mitch Trubisky is not a bad quarterback. And again, soft spot for him as a Chicago Bear fan. Sure. But it's really hard for me to sit there and say they couldn't win this division either. Um, so I had to go back and forth a bunch. Um, but at third, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Um Again, they could be number one. Like it's very, very weird. It's it's a tough division, but they have a ton of really good talent. I worry about their running back situation. My thing with them though is like I do trust John Harbaugh, so I could see them again being number one in this division. Um, depth hurts them, and if if Lamar goes down, it's just kind of like we're probably going to be seven and ten. So, which could happen. I look at Lamar and like a Justin Fields very differently because they're the body, the body type in the frame. Um, Justin does sometimes like sacrifice his body a little bit too much versus I do think um, Lamar's learned a little bit, like let's get out of bounds. Um, But then, so moving on to number two, it's hard. I, I I really don't want the Bengals to do well for some reason. Um, so I wanted to even like put them at three, you and me both, my friend. It's it's really hard. Like I, I wanted to even put them at three, but then you look at their their depth chart, and you look at their line, and like their strength of schedule, which I think is another point that you both made. That's like it does matter in this in this division. It looks like um, because you there's some tough games that all of these teams have. But um, I ended up I, I ended up putting the Steelers at number two, and then um, the Bengals at one for me. The Bengals are, I don't know. They have a lot of flash, but getting Orlando Brown Jr. is huge. Having him, yep. that's massive. Their their interior offensive line isn't bad. I think they have like what his name is. Uh, uh, Alex Karras is one of my favorite guards. Center. Oh, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa is one of the best guards in the league. Yeah. Um, I think Jonah Williams is a, isn't as a strong of an, a, a tackle, but they can get away with that when you have guys like Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Like all three of those guys – yeah. Probably could be ones on most teams. Um, sure. And even Tyler Boyd, I think he's one of those underrated. He's what, 6'4, 6'5 guy. Um, you know, he's a great he, slot guy. Yeah. You know, tactician. Um, and then their defense, that's their biggest worry for me that could make them an uh, uh, under five. Well, I don't know. I don't think I could see him going under 500, but I could see them going into third in this division because their defense is suspect now which is interesting because when they were really good or when they went to the super bowl right they were the uh joe burrow got sacked the most times in the league their defense carried them there uh, but i don't know if if hendrickson still got it 
Um, those kind of guys, uh, I don't know. So their, their defense could completely change their, their outlook. But I do, like you both said, it's hard to go against what they've shown the last few years. I do like Joe Mixon as well. Um, and some of these guys that obviously like Jamar Chase is just an absolute stud as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it it is. It was hard to go against them. I could see any one of these teams winning it. And even the Browns, the Browns, I think are, you know, Deshaun Watson coming in last year playing. That's a weird year for him. You know, we, we we don't talk about just like how weird that was probably for him as an, as an athlete, just to miss a whole year and then to come back and expect to be what you were. That's really, really difficult. Um, And so, but I, I still think he's a freak and can get it done. And we, you know, a top 10 draft pick for a reason. Like he's a Clemson, you know, national champion. Like there's so much about John Watson that you, you do like other than maybe the morale stuff um, that you might not, that like, that's right. why you're still kind of putting him forth in division because you know, he's got the right. You don't want, I don't want to root for Robert him. Like Kaepernick. that's part of it. Like I don't yeah, want to yeah. root for him. And I, I also think that the NFL, like there is an unwritten thing in the NFL. I think, I think teams when they play the Browns, like an, and if you ask owners, Every single owner would be like, bleep the Browns for what they did with that contract. Like they, everyone, like it's almost like this kind of like beat the Browns. You know what I mean? Kick the Browns in the teeth. And so maybe the Browns can rise. Maybe the Browns can rise above that. And like, it's us against the world type of thing. Uh, But we'll see. I I mean, uh, you're, I do agree. They, they may be the most talented fourth place team that I predicted by, by far. So uh, we'll have to see, but uh, we can move on now to the to the NFC Norris. Yeah. Hey, I want to I want to uh, mention one quick thing because I think I did skip over the Ravens during most of my talks there. I just want to say that uh, I think they're going to be really good late in the year, uh, but with a whole new offensive system with Todd Munkin, I question their their acclimation to this right away. And All so, right, that's fair. And and given that their ending to the season so difficult, like yes, you want to be your at your best at that point in the year but it also coincides with them having their like toughest slate. So yeah. I think it might be a little bit too little too late for them at the end of the year to like push for that division title. And then, uh, yeah, to put a bow on it, Joe Burrow is the best overall quarterback in the division. So it makes sense to, uh, to give them the nod there. So yeah, let's go to the North. Uh, and if you guys want, like I can give my North predictions, uh, NFC North predictions first, and then kind of toss it to you two, the bears. Sure. Uh, go for it. Things yeah. off. Okay, for sure. So I actually think we'll have some agreement here. Uh, I'm interested, though, to see like how the bottom of this division shakes out for the two of you. I have the Lions winning it. I mean, I think they're kind of riding this trajectory right now that's uh, not going to be stopping. Um, now, maybe they will end up plateauing, kind of like uh, maybe not as as great of a plateau as the Bills, but I've obviously predicted on the show here that the Bills have plateaued and are now uh, potentially going to yeah, be he picked the Bills third slip. in the AFC East. Third in the AFC East, I do. I, I they're a team that's too uh, too shaky for me. I, yeah. And um, I can see it. Know. I can see it. Yeah. I think Josh Allen has a big hype around him. Um, and I think that I think you're at a point with McDermott where you're like, we need maybe some more offensive mind here. Uh, True. They just they. I mean, I just I'm not convinced that you can win Super Bowls without having some semblance semblance of a run game, and that run game not just being no, your quarterback. No, I mean, just, like the Chiefs don't run the ball well, but what they do is is run game alternates with the screen. They're the best screen team yeah. in the league, and they're and situationally can run the football. Sorry, but like, yeah, I, they can. They're they're situationally sound. Yeah, I think I think um, Aaron Rodgers might take that division. Like, in- <laughs> <laughs> I 
Like, I mean, he might go 12 and five and they might be, you know, the number two team in the league. That's what Dan had. That's what Dan predicted. Yeah. And I don't, we're, we're on the same wavelength. I don't discount two in the dolphins. I, they're weird. It's a weird team, but you could also just see them being a 10 and seven team and being number two in that division. I I don't, and the bills could be third. that, That doesn't surprise me totally. Yeah. So right, like, go ahead, Ben. I, I see the Lions very much like like in that I think they're on the 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 upswing of what we saw from the Bills a couple years ago. And I think they're putting it all together. They don't have the same team, but I think in terms of like their trajectory, it's similar and it and it strikes me uh the same. Obviously, Dan Campbell's got a really tough crew there. They run the ball super well. They just got yeah. a dynamic playmaker and Jameer Gibbs that they can do literally anything with on the field. Uh, so a great offense last year that we saw just got better. And I'm just really looking forward to seeing the continuation of the growth of Aiden Hutchinson and really just this whole uh, defensive front that they're kind of building there. Uh, so I'm very intrigued by that. The defense is still going to be their biggest weakness, um, but overall their offense got even better and they were good last year. They were a good team. So uh, I have them winning this one, but followed closely by the Chicago bears at number two. Uh, Chicago, there's just, there's too big of a jump that would need to take place in my view from last year to this year, like worst to first obviously happens. We've talked on the show. It's actually happened for one division every season for the last 20 years. Um, But I'm just not sure that the bears are that group yet. And I think it's almost a good, good way because a lot of worst to firsts happen with teams that just add old guys in free agency and end up having like, a, a really solid year, but then two years later, they're back to where they were. This is a team that's steadily rising. And I think that's what the way that they've intended this team to be built. Uh, so year two for Justin Fields in the Eberflus era uh, mm-hmm. is, is going to finally get some stability in Chicago, which is much needed. Obviously he's electric. He'll probably, he might very well be an MB- MVP candidate. Uh, none of us would be surprised if that happened. And if you've got an MVP caliber quarterback, you're absolutely going to be in the conversation for uh, the playoffs. And so for that to be the case, especially in the NFC North, you're probably going to have to be second because I don't see, uh, you know, how all four, all four teams in the North, we know that, are not going to end up uh, making making the playoffs almost certainly. Um, but I do think the Bears are going to push um, the Lions, and it's going to be close, uh, but maybe next year will be the year for Chicago to kind of retake back this division. Third, I have the Vikings. They were kind of last year's – um, you know, smoke and mirrors type of team where they were they won a lot of games, but we're like, are they really this good? Like, are they uh now Kirk Cousins obviously gets a bad rap and he's definitely way better than he's made out to be. Um, but there is something to be said for his lack of clutch game performance. And I mean, they're, they're like at the end of the day, uh, you have to win big games and big moments, and there just haven't been too many of those with Kirk. The defense is not what it was five years ago. It's, you know, Mike, since Mike Zimmer left, uh, they've they've kind of stripped that down to the studs and uh, tried to rebuild. And they lose Dalvin Cook. I mean, there's a lot of question marks here with this team. Uh, Jordan Addison's a great piece, like number two. He's going to be awesome, I think. Um, and TJ Hawkinson with a full year there. So they kind of, you know, band-aided some of their, you know, losses with some of these additions last year and in the draft. But um yeah it's it's one of those teams where i just don't see them repeating it you know getting 13 wins and uh and and being the the clear-cut front runner i think they're really gonna have to fight for everything this year they won a lot of one score games and those don't tend to be in indicators of continued success those tend to be more random and so 
I think they more so struck lightning in a bottle with uh, with all of those one score wins. Uh, if that were, you know, goes back to the mean a little bit, then they're, you know, maybe just an average team. And then finally, the Packers. Uh, yeah, I really want them to be last in this division as well. They they damn well deserve it. We, we all know that um, they, they deserve some turmoil. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as bad as we would all hope uh, because they're just they're the Packers. They're they're a relatively stable organization. They don't bottom out. And uh, Jordan Love might be serviceable. I just don't see that he's going to be have much pop. I'm, I I totally question that. But at the end of the day, you know, they've got a good run game. They've got a good scheme. Matt LaFleur, you know, if you can run the ball well, I just don't see you being like the worst team in the league because you're no. going to you're going to stay in most games and you will have the chance to win some close ones. So, uh, you know, the Packers are there. They got a good secondary as well. So they'll, they'll be able to hold off some teams there. Um, but, you know, and enjoy it while it lasts, gentlemen, because this might be, you know, one or two year stretch of bad Packer football. And then, you know, they'll get Caleb Williams somehow. They'll they'll trade yeah. the farm and get Caleb Williams. And then it's it's pain yet again. But, yeah, for now, that is the hierarchy I have. All right. I uh, I will pick it up and I will uh, run with it. And I'm going to start with the Detroit Lions as the winner of the NFC North. Again, I go back to the fact that I don't have that many questions that I'm just unsure of with the Lions. I know their offensive line is really, really good. I know that they're going to be able to run the ball, bringing in David Montgomery behind uh, 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 Jameer Gibbs, the rookie running back out of Alabama. I think that's a really fun one-two punch. I know that Jared Goff going into the division right now, I believe is the best quarterback in the division just to start. I think by the end of the year, we're going to we're going to rank that differently. But going into the year, the most solid, competitive probably a top five quarterback in the NFC. Amon Ross St. Brown, Marvin Jones Jr. Now they will get, uh, what's his name, back eventually from suspension, Williams, yeah. uh, Jamison Williams. So again, they have a ton of, of wide receiver and running back talent. Don't love the tight end position. Love what they're building on the defense. Their defense is still young. But again, look at the Lions' schedule. It's very workable. They get Seattle at home. They get um, they out of division. The NFC North plays the NFC South. That should be the Lions, the Bears, and the Vikings could go 4-0 against the NFC South. They all could stack wins. They're all better, in my opinion, the Bears, Lions, the Vikings, than anyone in the NFC South. You could stack wins there. Uh, they do have to go to Baltimore. That's tough for the Lions. They do have to go to the Chargers um, in early November. That's a tough game. Uh, and then at the end of the year, uh, Minnesota, Dallas, Minnesota, lots going to be determined for them. But I think this Lions team absolutely agree. They are just the natural progression of they are on the rise. They've built a program. And I think that um, they absolutely are right now the most solid bet to win the NFC North to start the season. Uh, the second uh, team in the NFC North is the Chicago Bears. The Bears absolutely will be fighting for the Lions for the division I think the Bears have an absolute chance to explode this year. Phil said it earlier, the offensive line, once Tevin Jenkins gets back healthy after that four weeks on the on the injured reserve to start the year, they'll be even better. Cody Whitehair not starting at center for the first game against the Packers worries me a bit uh, because um, he is built to be the center for this team long-term, and then they'll slide in uh, Jenkins uh, at, the, uh, at the guard position once he's healthy. So once that offensive line gets going post-week four, they're going to be in really, really good shape. Let's just be honest. Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool are in contract years. Ryan Pohl said it, basically said to them both, feast or famine, go play for some contracts, either with us or with someone else. 
We're going to throw the ball around a lot. We're going to we're going to unleash our dynamic third-year quarterback. The running back room is solid. I don't see a star running back, but I think this is going to be a very fun running back by committee type of group with Roshan Johnson, Khalil Herbert, uh, Dante Foreman, where each one of those guys have really nice moments, pop moments, and I think they have a lot of great depth there, so that's good for the Bears. All of them can pass block. All of them can catch the ball. All of them can get you a tough third down yardage if you need it. So I like that. And then defensively, you're going to see a transformed Bears defense from last year. That back end secondary is healthy. Eddie Jackson, Brisker, uh, this uh, Gordon, they, these guys are playing. They're going to ball hawk. And the fact that they have TJ Edwards and Tremaine in front of them is amazing. Like this linebacker court for the Bears with Sanborn and then the rookie Penny Sewell's brother, Sewell, no Sewell out of Oregon. That's a lot of good depth, a lot of versatility. And then defensively, I don't love the front the, the front four yet, but I think they have, with Yannick Ngakwe, they can rush the passer at times. Gravon Dexter's going to have to have a big year, the young kid. So that's a little bit of the weak spot, but there's depth there and there's there's youth. And hopefully that will uh, play something with a defensive head coach. He's got to improve that. It's his goal uh, to improve that defense. This Bears team's going to be fun. And I haven't talked about the schedule yet, which I think is really, really workable. Yes, early it's tough. Green Bay, Kansas City, Denver, three of your first four. That's not great. But you get Tampa in there where they absolutely should be Tampa. And then Washington, Thursday, October 5th, absolutely can find their way at worst case scenario to to 500, heading into a stretch that involves then Minnesota, Vegas at home. Both those games, very winnable games. Uh, At the Chargers, at New Orleans, can you find a way to split those games one-on-one? I certainly think they can. And then... Going into their bye, which I love that they have a w- late week 13 bye, Carolina, Detroit, Minnesota. Bye week, post-bye, get healthy for the stretch run of home against Detroit, at Cleveland, home against Arizona, home against Atlanta, and then at Green Bay for, to, for all the marbles when I think the Bears will be playing for a playoff spot and the, and the Packers won't. So I just think it's a really great workable schedule for the Bears as well. Um, Minnesota, third place in the division. Listen, Minnesota won 13 games last year. I think they're going to take a step back. I still think they're going to be a double-digit win team. I I think saying they're going to swap three games, offensively, they're incredible with with, uh, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson adding adding the weapons uh, that they've got. TJ Hawkinson, they lock him up. He's going to be ready to go for a big year. And Kirk is in a contract year. This is it for Kirk in Minnesota. So Kirk is playing for that Miami Dolphins job next year. He's playing for that San Francisco 49ers job next year. Kirk Cousins is going to put up big numbers. Again, I doesn't, it doesn't matter. They're not going to win in the playoffs because he's Kirk Cousins and it's primetime Kirk. But they're going to win games, and they're going to be better than the Green Bay Packers in division because they're going to be able to actually outscore teams, even though defensively they're still poop. And so I think Minnesota has some breaks in their schedule, which will help them as well. Um, they got to go to Philly, but it's early in the year. They get the Chargers and the and the uh, the Chiefs at home. They get the Niners at home. Uh, they have a late bye, and then post bye week thirteen, like the Bears week thirteen bye at the Raiders at the Bengals. They can find a way to win one of those games, and then they host Detroit, host Green Bay, and then they're at Detroit. They'll be battling for the playoffs at the end of the year with three big divisional games. Finally, the Green Bay Packers again. For me, it comes down to I just have the most questions about the Green Bay Packers. If it if in a year from now we're talking about Jordan Love being a star quarterback and he was amazing and great, would it shock me? No. 
But Christian Watson and, and Romeo Dobbs, they came on and looked like good players with Aaron Rodgers, right? So I just don't know. Are they good players, or was that Aaron Rodgers making them look like good players? They have a solid offensive line, but it's aging. They have good running backs. Um, they have a defense that is Jair Alexander and Smith, but not a lot else beyond that. And a head coach that we've only seen him with a Hall of Fame quarterback. And even in those moments with a Hall of Fame quarterback, like with that uh, San Francisco game where they kick a field goal and they've underwhelmed, he hasn't like elevated beyond the Hall of Fame quarterback. So what am I to think of Green Bay? I'm to think that they have a tough schedule. I'm to think that they have a lot of question marks, and I think that they will find their way to be last in this division. Beyond the uh, beyond, obviously the 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 in division games, they have to go to Pittsburgh. They have to uh, play the Chargers. They have to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they have uh, late in the year um, at Minnesota, home against Chicago, uh, early start that I don't love at Denver, uh, at the Raiders for them. And um, I think that this Green Bay team is just too many question marks with an aging, good but aging offensive line and a quarterback who, remember, guys, he was in the same draft in the first round with Tua, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert. We know what those guys are and what to expect. Here we are. Those guys seem like veterans, and Tua's almost out of the league if he gets another concussion, and we finally get to discover what Jordan Love is. I think that just means we know what Jordan Love is. He's an average NFL quarterback. If he's Dak, they'd be thrilled. I don't think he's Dak. Yeah, that's. I, I think that's uh, that's more than fair, Phil. I'm I'm curious. Uh, yeah, curious how you have this one shaking out, and then we can all we can all discuss these final results here. Yeah, I have uh, four. I have the Packers. Uh, three, I have the Vikings. Um, two, I have the Detroit Lions. How dare I? Let's could, go. How dare I? Have faith. Put it have faith. <laughs> I do. Someone has it. You know, it's like my mind's telling me no, but my body's so. So don't waste time on those other three. Tell, t- just lay it out there for the Bears. How are they winning the division? I think they shock a lot of people. I think this this uh, receiving core is not. I don't know. Claypool on the Steelers was was a very talented receiver, so I think he can get back there. Um, he's a big body, so he's a red zone guy versus Mooney and Moore, who are just really finesse and can get open. Um, so you have options. And I think regardless, even Cole Komet is kind of this like, do I know yet? Um, I think Tanyan's going to have a big year. I think Tanyan will have a big year. And Mercedes year. Lewis. Yep. In that, in that guy. Yeah, um, I think they're going to do very. It's going to be a very simplified offense for Justin Fields. I think Getzey is a really smart mind. Um, he did it really well with Rodgers, and I know he can replicate a lot. But then, you know, yes, the offensive line's like, what do we know? Cody Whitehair to me is, I think he's done. I think his he can't move. So that's where I'm really excited about Dan Freeney coming in. But you look at their offensive line in general. This is the first time I felt like there's actually depth. Like there's actual because you need it in across every position. We've seen that now with the talent that is yeah. in the league, the talent that's coming from college now into the league. You have to have depth, whether it's offensive line. It's not five anymore. You need six, seven, eight guys. Sometimes we saw that with the Chiefs, even when they won the Super Bowl. Like you need to have guys that can just come in, fill gaps. Um, and I think Larry Borum is an untalked about name that'll probably get a starting job somewhere. Um, who's going to be a backup for the Bears. Dan Freeney, who is a starter for the Jets um, not too long ago. So Nate Davis, one of the best guards in football. And now he's yeah, on the Bears. He was a so, great pickup from the Titans this offseason. 
Yeah. And so I think there's, and then the defense, the, the front seven is pretty damn good in my opinion. I mean, even the, the young guys they drafted, I, so I think the defense is going to win a lot of games and I think Justin Fields can bail out of maybe a young offensive line or a new offensive line because they haven't worked together, but Lucas yeah. Patrick's a stud at center um, playing with some guys that now have some, some hair on their chest from playing for a year. I think Darnell Wright is going to come in and play right away and just shock some defensive ends. I mean, yeah. we, the, the footage of him alone, just manhandling um, what Anderson over there. In Will Anderson. It's like, I think there's going to be some defensive ends that, and then in the NFC North, they're like, okay, this kid can play. And <laughs> yeah. Damn. I'm an old defensive end. Now you talk about the Packers D line. There's some of these older guys, Dean Lowry. It's like, He's going to get bullied, I think, a bit. And so yeah. um, the Vikings, too, they're old. I know they won 13 last year. I know we talk about Kirk Cousins being the number one, even like the, the best quarterback in the in the NFC, which is weird. Um, but I just think he's going to fall short. Their offense can only take them so far. Offense to me now, um, it seems like most teams can score. Uh, I just feel like a lot of teams are going to put up numbers we're seeing it more and more. It's like the NBA too, right? This is entertainment. So that they want to, they want that to be the case. They want to see 40 points a game. Yeah. They want yeah. to see the fantasy numbers and the Caesar sports books numbers. So I think there's going to be a lot of scoring. So I'm not worried if, if I'm the Vikings, like they can score points. Great. So can everybody else. What defenses show up? I think the bears have some guys that are unheard of uh, with like Jack Sanborn. Um, but then you have dudes that have showed it in uh, Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, yeah. uh, uh, Jalen Johnson is, a, is, 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 I think going to be a star in the league for, as a corner goes, Kyler Gordon's another guy that yeah. just could be like, who is this guy from Washington? Washington corners have shown up and I, I, I really like him. And then Tyreek Stevenson, Stevenson, I think it is from Miami. Um, yeah. There's like some young guys they picked up. So I think they're back um eddie jackson is a little bit older so there could be some big plays that happen against him but um i just can't go against my bears i just can't do it so i will just say this and this can kind of wrap it up for us i think um to me and i'll, I'll get you each of your guys thoughts on this real quick week one i always never try to overreact to week one but bears packers week one in chicago i hate to say it but it is a in order for me to like feel great about where the Bears yeah. are at, it is a not only is it a must win, it's like a it's like a you gotta win that game. Like it is. Yeah. if it's tight it's and it's a late it's a and it's like, game. oh, the Packers blow it and the Bears win, will I be happy? Yes. But the way these teams are built right now and the way the trajectories are, they could the Packers going in there and hanging 35 on the Bears and the Bears scoring 17 and bumbling around. Yeah. It That's like fair. honestly may send me to my grave. Like yeah, I, I mean, don't know if, what I would do. If I'm and, and I love Justin Fields' mindset, but if I look at that game and at the end of the, the stat line is Justin Fields has a worse game than Jordan Love, it's like that's heartbreaking to me. You know, it like, is. he has to come in year <laughs> it's, three. It's terrible. He has to come in year three and say, you know what, Jordan Love, you may be. T I think Jordan Love is a lot more talented than we're expecting. Him in college was he was freakish when you'd watch some of those yeah. twelve game or Utah State. Utah yeah, State. Was it still the whack? Then I don't even remember. Yeah. But like they were up late watching him play. He was like, okay, this kid can like sling it. And, um, but if I'm Justin Fields in that game, 
gets away from me and I lose that game to a Jordan Love Packers, not an Aaron Rodgers Packers. It's a mental yeah, thing. Exactly. It's, it's a mental it's hard, thing. It's pretty heartbreaking. Um, so I think the Bears just have a better feel going into that game versus the Packers, like you both said. The question marks going into any game, it's like versus the Bears, it's like there's question marks for sure, but there's at least so much talent that they should be able to recover into maybe a yeah. bad start first half kind of thing. No, I think, and I think the Bears are going to come out, and I think they're going to stomp them. I really do. I, I think they're going to stomp them. I think DJ Moore, uh, Claypool, Mooney, uh, that tight end groom from there, and 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 defensively, I think the Bears have a better defense than the Packers right now. And I and I think they, I think they'll make plays. It's at home, good I'm weather saying, this yeah, weekend like in Chicago. 17-7 at half, Bears up. Yeah, and that I mean, people don't think about like Robert Tanya and Mercedes Lewis coming into a. It, you know, into a locker room, knowing that other locker room, that actually does affect things. Like it, it, helps. it helps. It helps. It matters. Yeah. So, but yeah, Dan, what do you think about those Bears? How do you feel? No question. No, yeah, I I think they're they're the team that uh, in this division in particular could be the one to surprise everybody and uh, you know and 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 win it. I, I just don't see Minnesota doing it. I don't see Green Bay doing it this year. Um, but the Bears could could be uh, potentially a team to go and somehow win 12 games. I, I don't think it's going to be that electric of a swing. Um, I think they're a year removed from like kind of pushing into that territory, but I mean, they there's the most optimism uh, for both Detroit and Chicago that I, yeah. that I can yeah. re ever remember at the same time, you know? So, and I think it's deserved. And I think it's fair. Like it's, but both of them, both of these teams, you know, could be running the show for the next yeah. decade. And it wouldn't surprise me at that yeah. point. Um, and I skimmed and, and over, sure. I skimmed over Detroit, but they are like, and it is, it's hard. They're another like soft spot in the heart. For yeah. like one of those teams, but, and they're hard to go against, but I just feel like maybe it is time for Jared for a change. Like, I think Jared Goff will have a good year. Maybe it's a big year for Jared. It's a big, it he's got it. Like it he wants it to is. keep this job going but forward. He's got to, he's got to get them to the playoffs. That offensive line is scary. Um, they're really, really good. I just couldn't go. I just couldn't pick them against my Bears. I am yeah. ranking them. It's yeah. just too hard. But I, but it is. It's like they're they they probably will uh, not surprise and uh, take that division. But I just feel like it's it, there's a good feeling around the Bears going into the year. So definitely is. Yeah. Hey, well, thanks for joining us, man. This was fun. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you to to the Hespins uh, for having us here uh, and and uh, for for enjoying uh, some some friendly banter here with the AFC NFC North uh, preview predictions. Check out that show coming up uh, tomorrow as well for the full playoff predictions, and then we'll have Thursday Night Football uh, to begin the NFL season. Stay tuned. But for now, this has been the Football Lounge with Mark and Dan.